This week we bring you visuals through audio. We're joined by Everton's official assistant club photographer, Emma Simpson, for episode two in our Minterview series. Emma discusses capturing the women's FA Cup final, a different type of Theo Walcott's assist, the difference in media setup between men and women's games, camera-loving academy players, and as a sports photographer, you sometimes do have to jump the fence to get that perfect shot. Emma, it's nice of you to join us. How are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. We're also joined by our usual trio of myself, David, Sean and Sarah. Uh, so Emma, if you want to just give us like a one or two minute short introduction of um, what your role is at the club, just to give our listeners a bit of an insight. I'm the assistant club photographer at Everton, with Tony McArdle being the main photographer. I basically help him out so that um, everything in terms of media can get covered at the club. My, um, my main role is the women's team and the under-23s, often the under-18s too. Um, and I, do, I cover every first team home match. I, usually when we have fans in the ground, we have meet and greets and all of those kind of things before the games. You're not just match day photography, are you? So it's your role sort of engulfs all media across the club, doesn't it? So not just 90 minutes on it every other Saturday. Yeah, I, can, I do often do like players signing new contracts, so the 23s and the women and that. And, you know, we've, we had like school visits or charity events, anything like that, cover all of that. So, so how did you get into the role? So as an introduction to the club, how did you join Everton? I studied photography at uni and um, I did sports photography um, for, the, for the uni. Um, I photographed football, rugby, basketball, all of that. Um, we had to do a work experience placement at the end of my second year. And because I'd been doing it for the uni, I knew I wanted to do sport photography. So I asked around, asked local hockey clubs, everything. Um, I didn't think I'd be able to get into a Premier League club, so I didn't go there straight away. <laughs> um, but I happened to have a contact at the uni that knew um, part of the media team at Everton. So um, he put me in, in contact with him. And then I got introduced to Tony McArdle, the club photographer. We got on straight away. I shadowed him for like five weeks. And then the start of the following season, I continued shadowing him. And it went from me being his student to me being his assistant. So, yeah, that's basically what happened. Incredible. And what specifically happened in that sort of transition for you to get the job, Emma? So, well, I, I first started just assisting him on things to help him set up, take behind the scenes photos. And then eventually started doing things by myself. I think the first time was I was basically pushed in the deep end because um, we had a, a last minute player signing on deadline day and Tony had to be at Finch Farm so he didn't make it to the game I think we were playing Leicester um, I basically had to cover him for the day and um, I had to make sure all my photos were edited sent in like immediately to the club and every time anything happened which I hadn't like had the pressure to do before because that was Tony's job mm-hmm. um, and we actually I think we won and Theo Walcott who had just signed for us scored his first goal for the club and he ran my way. He ran right up to me, celebrated right in front of me. And I got some amazing photos from it, sent it, managed to get on edited and sent it into the club straight away. 
and they were everywhere all over social media they were in Everton magazine at the time and and yeah and ever since then I've started being given my own jobs and I rarely even see Tony now because you know we work completely separately amazing that's cool so in regards to your like your, your editing processes do you do that at the same time as you're actually photographing the game as well so are those going hand in hand so as you're ed so I guess you've got you'll have to sort of enlighten us on this so I guess you'll have your laptop open or um some editing software open and you're so you've kind of got to multitask and take in it so if somebody goes through on goal and you're in the process of editing a picture you're then having to shoot back over is that right yeah yeah well so I'll have I'll usually get it all set up before kickoff I have my laptop in front of me I'll get the editing software up as well as the Getty Images software that I use to caption the photos and upload them online um and then as soon as something happens usually when it's a goal and celebrations happened immediately memory card out the camera straight into the laptop edited captions uploaded um but obviously at the same time as i'm doing that i've got to keep an eye on the game make sure nothing else is happening that needs photographing it, it was a lot easier when we had full stadiums of fans because they often help you know when something's happening because if someone's through on goal, the, the crowd will, will let you know. Um, but whilst we've had like empty grounds, it's been a lot harder of actually yeah. having to watch myself because you can, a goal could happen whilst you're down on your laptop and you'll have no clue because there's no crowd to cheer. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's probably made me <laughs> better. <laughs> How do you mentally prepare for that? It sounds like it's a really the energy levels of that that turnaround as well everything seems very quick it's on your feet isn't it how do you mentally prepare for that day just in general I don't I don't really know um it's just it just happens I think you kind of get your your own like adrenaline rush when it happens and um like the same way the players probably do or like fans do when the you know the goal happens you, you kind of just you get that rush like okay it's happening let's just let's do it so and you're kind of waiting for it the whole game it's kind of what you want to happen you, you're waiting for that goal so you know when it happens it's like yes this is the moment this is what now I've got to get on with it when that goal comes Emma like the sort of composition of the picture on the subject like what are you thinking when you're looking through the lens and looking at is it just you obviously you, you there's a lot of thought going on there right in that moment are you nervous are you happy are you just feeding off the emotion like what's that like for you yeah well anytime anybody gets anywhere near the goal or goes to kick a ball anywhere near the goal you've got to make sure you're photographing it because I've, I've been caught out a few times where you think they're about to cross or or like whatever and it just goes in and you're like yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. like so um yeah literally I've learned to just anytime anyone kicks a ball anywhere near the box um no matter even if the, I'm looking through the lens and it doesn't look like a great photo still have to take it because if it goes in then it's it's a goal photo so I guess like you having an actual knowledge because you've been uh you've been into football since you were a kid haven't you having an actual knowledge of how the game's played helps a lot doesn't it because you get to recognize key areas of the pitch and things like that and and maybe even a knowledge of the players you get to recognize what they're like i guess if you were photographing 
Tony Hibbert, you'd probably not be too expectant that he's when he's going to go over the halfway line, he's going to go and score. But if you were, I don't know, watching Richarlison, you're thinking, oh, in three or four seconds, there might be something available. So I've got to sort of, so does that help you in terms of, I know you're doing the under 23s, the 80s and the women's. Is that difficult? Maybe understanding so many players to be able to recognise what you need to do in 10 seconds? Yeah, I mean, I still find it slightly difficult with the under-18s because I, I only do them like once a month and I've only really recently this season started to do it regularly. Um, so, And I don't know all of the players that well. So it is, it's definitely easier when you know uh, about the players, you know their roles, you know who's most likely to score, who's most likely to cross and all of that. And or even for corners, like you have to, when's the one takes a corner you have to basically pick the player that's most likely to jump up and head it because yeah. often you don't know in advance who who's potentially going to get the ball you don't have enough time to switch to, to the, that person so you have to pick someone so knowing that Don Calvert-Lewin scores with his head a lot and he, he jumps up a lot he can jump high you know or Yerry Mina well, you, you know it's going to be one of those you need to get on to a Davide Ancelotti, see if he can just give you those sort of set-piece tactics and see if you can sort of get like a play-by-play before you actually do the shot. And then you can blame him if something doesn't happen or you can blame the coach in the under-23s or the women's team if something doesn't happen. We find it... Um, I find it quite overwhelming listening to your role, to be honest. I, I would be overwhelmed by doing all of these things, having so much going on. How, how do you cope transitioning from like what would be an incredibly fast-paced 90 minutes to something in the community which I guess is more interactive and you need to be more maybe present with the people in the in the room at that point yeah it's it's very different I mean for a game obviously you can just sit sit down don't have to speak to anyone you're just concentrating on what's happening um and then for like an Everton the community thing or whatever you've got a communicate with everyone, make sure you know what's happening, make sure you know who's happy to do what. And you've got to like read personalities more than physical you know, aspects of someone. So, you know, if you need a player to pose with a, with the kids or, or someone, you, you know how to ask them or who to ask. And you've got to kind of you often pick an area of a room to take a picture rather than just photographing wherever someone is on the pitch. You know, it's probably more thought that goes into the actual picture, but at the same time, it's probably easier and less less pressure than it would be if you know you you've got to get a goal edited and sent out. So, obviously, like what Dave just said there, and like you say, it's a fast-paced environment when it's on the pitch, and then you're working with all these different teams from the youth right through to the men's first team, the women's team, and then the under-23s. Like, all, and you've just touched on there, those personalities, um, are some of them more comfortable in front of the camera compared to others? Like, um, when you're a photographer and uh, taking pictures of them when you're out and about, or, like, who's some of the sort of characters across all the teams that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, most of the first team are happy to just get on with I think most most of their careers, they're probably used to it by now. I mean, you know, you can, you can tell that they know what to do. Half the time, you don't really need to say much. They'll just do it. 
Um, the under twenty threes, they they love the camera. They're not quite <laughs> at that point where. Um, Any specific names? <laughs> um, not not currently. Um, we've got a young lad called Thierry Small who's just come up from the 80s. Not heard about him. No, no, me neither. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dry humour. Go on, go on, Emma. <laughs> he's um, he's doing really well. Yeah. He, he's he scored his first goal for the under 23s a week or so ago, and he ran right up to me. Um, an over-the-top celebration just to my camp. There was no one else behind me. No one there. It was just brilliant. So I haven't done an off-the-pitch shoot with him yet because obviously everything's going on at the moment. We're not doing much of that. But I know straight away that he, he's probably going to be that person that's going to love doing a million different poses for you. <laughs> Does that make your job easier? Yeah, it's, it's good when they're slightly cocky and love being in front of the camera because it just yeah. makes it easier. You know, you don't really have to like encourage them to do things because mm. they'll just do it. Animated. Yeah. You've you've touched on a couple of young men there. Um obviously something that you've mentioned before about the first team. They're so used to having cameras in their face and driving out to training grounds with cameras in their window on transfer deadline day and things like that. And even doing fashion shoots and magazine shoots. Is it is it different with the women's game in regards to their familiarity with that concept and, and with the process of not necessarily match day experience photography, but outside of that as well? So transfers, day-to-day at a training ground, things like that. Yeah, the women are very different. You can tell a lot of them aren't very used to the cameras. You, you have to do a bit more explaining on what you need them to do in terms of poses and stuff in front of the camera or they get a bit a little bit shy because they're not like as used to cameras being in the face um and on the pitch like when they score they don't run up to the camera to celebrate ever they literally just they walk away from goal and hug each other and then that's that um whereas like the men's team will always run to the camera because they feel like that's like what they've been trained to do their whole lives is it's always media surrounding them all the time whereas the women aren't so used to it so you mentioned then the more used to it do you think that's innate in the men and, and in the women um the differences between when you started and now is it progressing towards the becoming more comfortable with it or is it sort of taking a is it is it a long process in which that maybe the men's game have got it so ingrained that when you score you run over to the camera without even realising they're doing it for t- photography purposes, because I'm guessing somebody like Thierry Small now has got you to thank for having his first ever goal celebration on camera. You know, he's got the images from thanks to you of that. The women's game, it's it's a it's a process over the last few years that has built up, hasn't it, to be more interactive. So do you, do you feel that you're playing a part in, in that and being able to capture those moments for them as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely changed a lot I think at the start of every season now we have like a a women's media day where we um we we bring in backdrops and we have the players come and do like just standard portraits in in the new kit and that's the for the whole season um and the very and every year it's kind of got more like we do more things with them and the very first one I did with them when I was on work experience it was one tiny little backdrop and we fitted it into the press room at Finch Farm. 
um, and it, it was basically just one straight face photo, one quick action shot of every player, and then it was like done. Um, but now, the most recent one we did, we had three different um, setups. Tony had one, uh, which was standard portraits um, of everyone smiling, not smiling, you know, goalkeepers putting their hands up and that kind of thing. And then my one was like action shots. So we go through all sorts of action shots of them pretending to kick a ball and we just first shove a ball in um, and jumping and pretending to run and things like that. And then the third one was also like a video station. So the video guys would get them to do movements for gifts and things. Um, the fact that it's gone from, you know, and it'd be like an all day thing. So the fact that it's gone from quick one photo of each player and get them out, move on to an all day shoot with three backdrops, you know, it's a lot different. What else do you think the club could do to, to bring that, that platform up a little bit on a par with the men's game so that maybe the women's um, approach to the game changes as well? So there's, there's more of that sort of self-confidence and assurance. What, what else do you think the club could do? Maybe if they actually promoted it a little bit more. So, you know, before games, like you have the whole massive buildup on social media to men's games and they've got all of the the gifts that we've done um, previously and loads of, they have like a million different, different pictures of every player that they can use if they score or whatever. Um, the women, we're, we are getting there. The, we do have a selection, but it's not as much and they're not used as much. You don't actually see them there as much. So I feel like if there was like a constant demand for photos because they're constantly needing to use them for social media or you know the website or whatever, then maybe they'd be used to seeing themselves there more and be used to posing more. Sure. Uh, to with like I'm really fascinated in this that like uh, myself and Dave like many years ago in like 2010 coached in the states and the women's game so prominent more than the male side. And like there's so much, you see the differences, and it is like you see the perspective of like yeah, of like you following that pathway, whatever sport. Um, with the women's game, though, what you said before, like with the men's, you do meet and greets. Does that happen on the uh, the women's side as well, Emma, with players and stuff? Because to integrate that into the community with fans and stuff, is that happening or? We don't really do that. We on match day, we we have like um, mascots sometimes. Um, and they'll have like a quick meet with the players um, in the changing rooms. You get their pictures taken in the changing rooms and then they walk out with the players. Um, in terms of match days and meet and greets, that's about as far as it goes. Um, uh, we do do like school visits with the with the girls and that. Uh, yeah, so their profile's getting raised with those kind of events. Like the men go to... Do the women go to all the hay you know, at Christmas? Because that's always been a big thing for the club, hasn't it? Every year. That's a great question. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I go to all hay with them every year. Um, well, I have done for the past three years and I've never done it with the women. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't go. And if they do, it's not covered with media, so... Might be yeah, one to push for next year, then, mightn't it? That's it. It's a great opportunity yeah. to raise their profile, and the women should definitely be involved. Like, it was great to see the men like, a couple of weeks ago, and it's so done, isn't it? Like, they were at Finch Farm and they were being recorded to all the hay. It's like integrate the women into that side of it as well. Great shout, Sean. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we have done, because um, they have a partnership with Lil Let's, 
um, we did like a school visit where it was like the girls in the school were having their talk about periods and stuff and um, the, the women's team were there to to help them talk about that and feel more comfortable talking about that and they were so really professional about doing it and obviously it, I think it was a great idea for them to to do that because obviously the men's team can't necessarily do that so <laughs> it was that's brilliant yeah well yeah like from the men's side as a man like seeing the male players currently discuss mental health as a man like looking at that I can relate to that and that definitely there's definitely lots of opportunity there with the women's side for those specific needs and causes isn't there yeah, yeah. And I'd like to see more of that from Everton. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You meant you mentioned then about the, the the progress and the things that the men's game do and the women's game don't. But what do maybe what do you see that? How does Everton's women's coverage and men's coverage and under twenty threes and academy coverage differ from maybe teams in the top six or maybe? You know, we're looking. You're looking at Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. Don't they didn't really want to say that, but we can't really avoid <laughs> them because they're in the same city. And we've we've previously heard that other teams have quite a large interaction with the with the with like the club and their media departments. How, how does it differ from when you say you're going to shoot Everton and away, you know, at Goodison in comparison to to their away photographer? Um. um... I'm not entirely sure how all of the other teams run, if I'm honest. But I know, say, like Liverpool have a lot of photographers. Um, so they probably don't interact with their team as, like, on an individual basis as much as yeah. Jamie and Tony do because we have to directly talk to media staff ourselves and it's, it's us that has to know the information. Whereas it, with... Liverpool, it'll be whoever's on that day will need to know the information. I know Man City are very good with their their women's team and you know the academy. They they basically give them all you know equal training facilities and media whatever. Um, so every, every like Man City game I go to, even if it's a women's or twenty threes game, they send a photographer. Um, and there aren't a huge amount of clubs that send a club photographer to the women's or the 23s games so it's you've mentioned there about man city and you and and, and the women's game so you've spoken to us off pod in regards to i guess your most memorable day in the life of a everton photographer i guess um and it was the 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 final against manchester city women's team do you want to tell us like a day in the life of what you went through for that 24 hour period? Because I'm, and Sean and Sarah, we are, we, we are sort of fascinated by jealous that specific source. Yeah, jealous, really. Yeah, jealous, fascinated. <laughs> like, we are, I'd say, like envious of the engagement and, and the whole responsibility that you had regarding that so do you want to tell our listeners in like how that would break down and maybe what happens from from the minute that you wake up and then go all the way through to give us an insight because i guess fans on instagram they just see the picture they don't realize all the work and the effort and the actual sort of intensity that goes into the task at hand so if you want to sort of give us an insight into that uh, well it was probably the biggest day of my career so far so i got up at 
6 a.m. At, I still had photos from the training session the day before to edit. Um, so I had to make sure that was all done before I took any more. So I wasn't backlogged. And then I had to make sure all my cameras were charged while I was doing that, um, get all the software and everything set up ready for the game. Um, and then we went. I went downstairs for 11 a.m. Um, everyone was checking out at that point, but we had like a room that we hi like hired out to get everyone in their suits and and it kind of went through to like a, a dining hall where we had our food. So um, I came down to everyone who was get, getting their suits ready. So they were getting the flowers put on their suits. Um, so I'm photographing them getting the flowers put on and everyone getting ready, just all of that. And then once everyone was ready, uh, I did group group photos of everyone. So we did, I did a few individual ones of some of the players who were friends who wanted some. Um, and then I did the whole team and then the whole team and all of the backroom staff um, did those group photos. And then I had to edit all of those photos, get them uploaded straight away so that um, Everton could be like, oh, girls ready for Wembley on social media. Um, but whilst I was doing that, everyone was, getting food so I'm quickly trying to do this and then at one point I realized I literally had like five minutes before they were heading to the coach so I ran into the dining room with my laptop um like just grabbed whatever food I could to quickly <laughs> at it and then I basically put soup in a paper cup takeaway cup and took it with me um, continental breakfast do you remember the flavor <laughs> I'm, I then had to photograph them getting on the coach um, whilst soup was in one hand, camera in the other. Um, I'm not quite sure how I did that. Um, and then I got on the coach and I'm editing those photos of them getting on the coach and, and that um, whilst drinking my soup. <laughs> Multi-skilled. Yeah. And then we get to the ground. Obviously, I then have to photograph them getting off the coach, walking into Wembley. Um, and then whilst once the last player had walked in I then had to because they wouldn't let me walk through the tunnel to get to the pitch side so I had to go out and all the way around as fast as I could to get them walking onto the pitch did you it's still have your soup that. in your hand as well or was the soup the soup had gone yeah <laughs> well cup of soup. <laughs> Bob, really? well, why, why would they not allow you to go through the tunnel that seems it seems just detrimental to the whole point of why you're there, yeah, really. It's like, like COVID or something. Yeah, because they have obviously the the amber and red zones. Oh, yeah. I I basically I had a red zone pass, but it was only for post match. So okay. all right, yeah. If we won, I could go in the changing rooms and I could do background photos um, with everyone, but it was only post match. Yeah, I seen some of the footage on YouTube. I think it was Emma, the of like the unseen day. I was watching it earlier. There's some research of the day and whatnot. It looked so good with the girls in the morning putting their jackets on, the suits, and like the flowers before they were getting on the coach. So, it was, and I seen you in one of the images. Actually, I think it was at the hotel where you're taking that big group shot. And then um, the footage goes into the. I think it goes into Wembley and like the decor in Wembley for the players looks so cool with each player having that image. It's like, I couldn't believe the lengths, like behind the scenes, that before the final, 
that like all that's happening for the players, which is really really cool. Um, so during the game, so were you positioned obviously round the pitch, I guess, free reign of Wembley to do what you want. Is that what it's like? Each side of the goal, there was a sticker um, on both both sides of the pitch that says "Club Photographer Spot Reserved," which was quite nice. I had my own <laughs> reserved seat. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> There was a girl there um, that Getty had sent basically as my assistant because Tony couldn't be there. He was planning on coming, but they moved the men's fixture to clash with the women. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That was they yeah, did, it was, it was the same game. So everybody was sort of frustrated about it because it was just like one or the other. They couldn't have just arranged that process to give, I guess, separate limelight. Like it just it felt in a way that it was a needless decision to overrun the two fixtures. Um, continue, Emma, sorry. Yeah, because well, I was with them, because I'm was i the women's photographer, so I was with them the whole, like, five days. They had, like, a mini training camp beforehand, so I was with them the whole time. And then Tony was meant to go from Newcastle to um, Wembley just for the game, but obviously he couldn't do that. So Getty Images sent... Uh, a photographer called Lanier, um, young girl, she's probably about the same age as me, so we, we, we got on quite well. But I was editing um, arrival photos and all of that and trying to upload those at the same time as trying to brief her because often you have to, have to explain to someone who doesn't know the team so well who, who they need to concentrate on, who's most likely to score, things like that, just that help you, you know, work out how to photograph the game. Who do you pinpoint? Who did you pinpoint on that day as somebody that needed to be? Because I had who I thought was going to score first goal and stuff, and I didn't. It didn't come off much like everything else that I think will happen. <laughs> um, who who did you pinpoint on that day? Like who do you like? Um, that's really interesting. There's um, Lucy Graham is our captain, and she's proved she can often score from range. Um, so even if you think she's going to cross, you'll have to photograph her. You're in the good <laughs> books there, then, aren't you, with the captain? <laughs> Stay yeah. out of that. <laughs> I was just going to say, with you saying that there was the the clash of the of the two games, does that pour into the women's dressing room? Do they discuss it? Do they talk about it at all? Is it an issue? I I didn't really hear the players discuss it that much, but I think the staff were definitely um, annoyed about it because it kind of proves that someone somewhere just doesn't care about the women um because you know if, if everyone knew that there were Everton fans there that want to watch the men and want to watch the women then they wouldn't they wouldn't clash them I think it would have been different if fans were in attendance so do you think it would have been different in regards to the schedule and if fans could have been at the men's game do you think or on the women's game do you think they would have then separated but because nobody could be in attendance do you think they thought oh well they just watching it on TV. So do you think there was like a disengagement of fan because they weren't there with you at that time? Do you think that played a part? Yeah, it might have potentially been that. They thought, well, nobody can be at the game anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't even be that surprised if they clashed with them anyway. Mm. Really? Yeah, it's like, I always, like, I'm looking at it thinking like, it's like it's not the club, is it? Because they're just told what to do at all clubs. And like, it's definitely broadcasters, isn't it? That are having that sort of involvement. It's such a shame as well, because the broadcasters would definitely get more out of Evertonians because they were twice on that day. 
and like there was a lot of us obviously fli- flipping in between if we could. Um, they have a voice have, though, don't they? I suppose yeah. like the clubs have a voice though. They can, I'm sure. Yeah, if they yeah, and it should be together. Down to the clubs to kind of raise that, especially Everton on Everton's behalf. Like they should be making that known, shouldn't they? To the organisers at least. Yeah. A lot of Everton staff members that were annoyed about it, like the whole media team. You know, not just the women's staff, the whole media team was was annoyed about it. But I guess there's someone higher up should have said something. I don't know whether something was said or not. Yeah. I, I want to ask a question just in regards to the length of the game. So, like, the game sort of went on, didn't it? And as the game goes on and it's quite close, do you get more nervous about capturing that potential sort of, like, change in moments in the game? So, say, say the women were 3-0 up at, after 20 minutes. Does it become sort of like a little thought, oh, well, I've got stock image in case there needs to be anything for social media. But you, you, does your nerves build with the, the the staff and what would be the fans if they were in to capture that potential moment? Yeah, you, you're, you're constantly waiting for something, even because obviously when it went to extra time, um, right before the end of extra time, the, or right before the, like the, the 90, first 90 minutes, you, you knew if, if someone scores right now, that's the end, that's the, they've won. Um, so you have you kind of constantly on edge like anytime anyone goes anywhere near close it's like hearts racing like this this is the moment and if i if i miss this then i've screwed up because <laughs> the story of everything and then obviously if it doesn't come it's it's a slight relief but then at the same time you're like oh what i wanted that um and then it's the same in extra time so you're just waiting for that moment i i find it interesting you've mentioned before that if you if we won you could go back into the changing room. And the masochist in me wants to see the pictures of them not winning. Like, I know that sounds <laughs> strange, but I'm what? thinking of like, I'm thinking of mid 80s, mid 70s, mid 80s sport photography of, of the loser, of the emotion. Like, is there maybe sometimes more dramatic emotion coming from a photo, from a photo that is of somebody who is, putting across a negative emotion rather than a positive is the disappointment sometimes as big as the euphoria for the photographer and it, how, how do you feel about that is it because i guess you're always trying to capture the happiness are you sometimes trying to capture the disappointment as well i mean sometimes i do if you get someone like that that moment the final whistle goes and they know they've lost that that moment they often hit the floor and they go down to their knees you know, that, that can be a good moment. I always try and photograph that. But when it comes to, like, uploading photos to Getty... And, and we've, got more, we've got more than enough disappointed moments, haven't we? Like, try not to overdo it with the disappointed pictures because, obviously, my photos represent everything. So I don't mm-hmm. want to look like I'm putting a downer on the club by constantly putting to kind of come on the back of Dave's question there I've got one here that I've like was looking forward to asking you as the photographer and I want you to kind of answer it as honestly as you can um like obviously you've been at the club since when what year was it you've joined Emma the the setup 2017 part of the furniture now it's part of the furniture now it's nearly four years really what I, if you had to pick one emotion looking through the lens at, at, across all the Everton players, which one first springs to mind? I mean, for the first couple of years, there was a lot of disappointment, <laughs> but 
that's just because you're constantly waiting for that moment you're, you're waiting for a big celebration and there are a lot of games where that doesn't come and you just you know a lot of your photos are just stock images of of players and that and um but i mean when 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 it does come that and you get that big celebration then it makes up for like five games where you didn't get that so do you find it hard not to get caught up in that emotion because that will probably be the hardest thing for me just standing behind the goal sort of just going crazy when someone sort of knocks one in but do you do you find it you've got to do you just get used to that it's just like a process you just switch off yeah you kind of just have to switch off you can't celebrate because even if you you jump a little bit then the camera will blur the photo yeah you've got to um stay still and just follow it and then when the moment's over be like yes (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of just natural reaction now to just stay completely still straight face just get on with what's happening how have you found the team to respond to that cup final defeat obviously in the summer um how have they responded and obviously coming into the season now? Um, I think when we very first got back to the hotel, everybody was kind of upset. Um, but at the same time, they were happy because they put on a really good performance. And City aren't an easy team to beat. And mm. we, we knew it'd be difficult. And I think they were really upset. But at the same time, like... Yeah, we, we, we took City to extra time and we, we put on a good performance. Mm. And, you know, and they start, they put the music on and stuff and everyone started dancing because they, they arranged like a little party anyway. And they kind of just had the party regardless of the result. And I think that, that brought up morale straight away. And then mm. the next day, everybody was happy. And coming back into the season, I think they went, they had a bit of a, um, a down bit at one point, but they've definitely brought it back. Beat Man United the other day, mm-hmm. which was a big win. Um, it didn't mean anything because we couldn't qualify for the cup anyway, but the fact that we we yeah. beat Man United is a big deal. They're not an easy team to beat. So I thought they did the club really proud, to be honest. I thought they, they really went for it, didn't they? I, I, honestly, I think the club in general, I think everyone was really proud of them. So they should be really proud of themselves for doing it, you know? Yeah, it was only a few seasons ago they got relegated and had to come back up. So, yeah, they're 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 definitely improving. Getting to a cup final is massive, and taking City to extra times is yeah. massive. So, how did your how did your relationship change with the club after doing something so such like uh, eventful for you in your career? How did your relationship change with the club past that point? Is it? Did you find that you get given more trust, maybe, and more um, ability to take tasks on for yourself? Is that that? What is, sometimes you're just waiting for that one opportunity to, like the Theo Walcott moment, and recently the Yerry Mina picture that was used of yours. These are sort of very big moments in a photographer's career, aren't they? Uh, I guess it's you don't want to call it clicks or anything, but it is. It's it's. Um, excuse me the word is like sort of failing coming out of my mouth, but it's, it's ability to put your work across to the masses, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think slowly over time, I've been given more and more work and it's, it's always been after proving that I can do something. So when you get a big picture from a game that 
people then see everywhere. They're like, it, it kind of proves I can do it. It proves that I'm bringing something and then you start to get given more work. I think, I don't know whether it's a coincidence or, or whether the, the cup final helped, but um, my work's definitely more organized now. Like I get given like a monthly schedule of everything that I, they want me to cover each month, which includes one under 18s game a month, which I wasn't really doing before that. Um, as well as training, I do more training now than I, I used to do. So I don't, I don't know whether it's a coincidence, but it did, it has come after the cup final. So that's like brilliant and really, in, like really fascinating. Like on that guidance of that schedule, is it like, is it you've been guided on specific shots, or is it just go to the game and just record it like a photojournalist, let's say? Is that the sort of guy, like how is it? strict guidance to get certain shots or are you kind of got free reign to do what you want I guess well my monthly schedule is basically just we want you to do these games these training sessions on these days okay. um, but for first team games usually a day or two before we'll get emailed a brief um, which is because before when we had all fans in the stadium we did all the meetings and stuff we'd have a brief of you know up to the game of all the jobs that we needed to do and um, the timetable of when they will happen and where where we need to be for them to happen and they're still trying to stick to that even though we don't have any of that happening so they'll say we want you to there'll be something up on the the boards at this time that needs photographing or it's it's so and so's birthday or um, this player might be signing a new contract soon so get pictures of him um, so often we get requests like that so as a as a photographer who's now, I guess at home in the industry, you you feel at home anyway. You're getting responsibilities and you're doing thing tasks on your own. How would how how do you manage all of those? I guess that list. So maybe as if a, if a photographer was listening to this, what advice would you give on that day to be able to say this is the most paramount thing you need to do to organize your time and make sure you get the shot? Is there one thing that you probably couldn't not do? to do your job properly? Um, not sure. I just, you have to make sure you're in the right position for the game. Obviously, at Goodison, we have a club photographer's seat um, that we sit in, but say the women are the 23s, like you can sit basically anywhere. Um, but I always still try and make sure that I'm sat in what would be the club photographer's seat if there was one. Um, it's basically the right position for the lights because the, the under 23s play in Southport um, and often in the evening. So it's always under floodlights and the floodlights there aren't great. Um, so you kind of have to position yourself so that if, if they score and celebrate towards you, they're running into the light rather than out of it. Um, just something as simple as that can completely change the outcome of your photos. Because if you're sat somewhere where they'd be running into the shade, then you're just going to get completely dark photos and there won't be nothing to use and you won't see them anywhere on social media afterwards. So, so fascinating, isn't it? So like in-depth and well thought out, isn't it? Like I love like all the little shots that you do, not necessarily like when like a, with the player with the ball it's like off the ball like that famous Rooney one that's on your Instagram with like the blood coming out of his eye it's just like are you constantly looking for those your eyes constantly looking for those things going on on the pitch when necessarily the game's not being played and things like that 
yeah, yeah. If this, if someone's not on the ball at that moment, or not in a ball on the ball in a position where I can get a good shot, then I'll be looking elsewhere to see who's doing what. Even if they just stood there, it can be a nice portrait that the club will then use out of context of that game. Like they could use that photo in a few months' time. It doesn't necessarily have to be about that game. They can just use it when they're talking about that player. Related to the ground for me, do you think with coming to the end of of the Goodison Park era, how do you think it would be if the the women's team started to play at Goodison, and do you think that would elevate them? And maybe in the under twenty threes, I don't know if it's possible really with the ground upkeep, but do you think that might be something that the the club sort of bring in towards the end of 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 the of the time there? Yeah, I think it'd definitely be good for the players because I think they get more supporters obviously when supporters can come in they, they get especially with the under 23s because with them playing in Southport it's it's a bit of a trek and I don't blame people for not regularly traveling up to Southport for the games and 23s have played at Goodison before and they actually do bring a crowd which they don't bring at Southport and you can tell it does the players good you know just having people cheer them on changes everything and the the women would definitely could do with that as well. I'm sure they'd bring a big big crowd to Goodison. But when they um, we had the Liverpool derby at Anfield, and it basically sold yeah. out stands of Anfield, so we could easily sell out Goodison. I, I reckon with the right the right promotion. Brilliant. So we've got. I'm going to ask you uh, one sort of question that you can you don't have to, you can sort of bypass and you can talk about a little bit more and then we'll move on to sort of like a quick fire Q&A that we do uh, that'll be sort of 11 quick questions putting you on the spot you just got to answer the first thing that comes into your so head you can relax now. yeah you can relax so In- infamous this section this is infamous uh, yeah so but what I, what I was interested in first because I think it deserves a few more words than just the one word is what shot maybe that we don't know about is your favourite that you've captured so far between the, the four squads um it can be in, inside or outside of the actual ground it doesn't have to be on match day have you got like a particular favorite and, and why actually um a picture of the women that i took a couple seasons ago um i went down to west ham away um and the team weren't doing great that season um, they were very close to relegation and I think that was the the first game they'd won um, all season and I knew immediately that it was going to have a reaction. So the second the final whistle went, I, I just hopped the fence and just ran over to them. You kind of get away with it at women's games. <laughs> they, they, they stopped me and then... They then also ran towards me and they all, like the whole team all together, all, all like got on their knees and cheered. And I've got like a photo of the whole team just going like this like, on the pitch. And I had to quickly take that and then run back off the pitch before I got told off. <laughs> <laughs> all the best pictures comes when you, all the best photography comes though, I guess, when you're acting out of it, a little bit of emotion as well. You're jumping at that opportunity that's arisen and you're getting in there and getting out. It's, you're not lingering too long, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's better when you quickly get something and then you run off and then you're like, oh, wait, did I get it? And then you look at it and you just... 
yes. Um, and then that, yeah, that photo was everywhere afterwards. I think every player posted it on their Instagram. So it was, um, it was, a, it was a good moment. That must mean a lot when every when when you're attaching an image that you've that you've caught, and everyone who is in the image is resonating with it. So they're not only they don't look at it and go, "Oh, I'm in it." They're thinking, "I I want to use that as well." So that that must that must be quite rewarding. I guess that's like that's that's your that's why you do it, isn't it? To for people to resonate with your images. Yeah, it is nice when you just open Instagram and you see a photo pop up and it's like, oh, I didn't post this. It's a player or the club or just a fan site. You know, it's it's nice to just see it. That's great. So I gave you more than one word then, obviously. That's yeah. obviously that was the whole point. But now it's sort of down to the immediate. Tell us what you think. So I'll just jump straight in. One word or as little word as you possibly can. Your photography idol. Willie Tony. Digital or film? Digital. Mm. You've got one album to take on to a desert island. What do you take? Um, Jake Cole, Forest Hills Drive. You can go and have a meal with one of the players in the four squads. Who do you choose? Ooh. <laughs> um can be management and staff, so it doesn't have to be a particular... It can be lobster pot as well. It doesn't have to be, like, a sit-down meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Luca Dean, he's pretty cool. Mm. Definitely lobster pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Shady Cuddy sauce. <laughs> um, Goodison Park as a place is what? It's full of memories. What? One Academy player male or female, that we should be looking out for? I'm going to have to say Thierry Small. Okay. And most camera-loving under-23 player? <laughs> so you can't choose Thierry Small. <laughs> Currently up in a big past. Past or present? Um, Masala Sambu, when he did play for us. <laughs> what film do you wish you could be in? Oh, um, I only really do horror films, and I definitely don't want to be in one of them. <laughs> do you? Be in, the, be in the opening credits, and then not in the next ninety minutes of the film. <laughs> Can't do horror films, me. We got the genre. So Dominic Calvert Lewin is what? A lovely person. Lovely. And in one word, um, how would you describe your experience so far with? Everton ladies. Incredible. Incredible. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. You thought about <laughs> that as well, didn't you? Yeah. And sometimes we like we've said it before, haven't we, that um sometimes a pause sort of brings home the, the importance of the word that you're about to say. And and I think that in a couple of those, sometimes like your experiences in the last three to four years with the club, I guess of snowballed a little bit in the last year maybe last 18 months and sometimes it is quite difficult isn't it in a short period of time to put words to put your emotions and sort of experiences into words um and we specifically i'm not I'm, a couple of times i've not been able to sort of choose my words today just speaking to you because I, I i can't quite get across how creative your job is on a day-to-day -day basis 
Um, and I think people don't necessarily understand the, the effort and the work and the time and the hours and the multitasking that you have to do as a photographer just to get a shot that somebody's going to post, maybe us, <laughs> and give you credit, obviously, on our Twitter feed for, for likes and or, or for recognition of something that they have an emotional attachment to. Um, Sean and Sarah, have you got anything else to add? Uh, anything you want to ask? I think not not for questions. I just want to thank you for obviously coming on today and thank you for all the work that you do across the club for us because um, some of those images, like you say, like when we obviously looked, researched and got you to come on and all that, it was dead exciting looking at your pictures and long may it continue. And I'm excited to see where you go with Everton and hopefully long may it continue and what other stuff that you do in the future because um, you've got a great eye for photos and I'm quite envious of your job. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not envious of uh, the workload. Hopefully uh, <laughs> the the hierarchy can get you a few assistants, right? Give you some man your hand, <laughs> at least in the editing. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's been a privilege to speak to you. Just just as an insight, honestly, we have absolutely no idea, like Dave said. So just the fact that you are in amongst every sort of minute detail of the club on a, a sort of weekly basis is just fascinating to us. So thank you so much for your time. And yeah, long long may your career reign. Thank you. Thank you. Watch, watch out, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just waiting for him to retire. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Thank you for listening to this episode of Mint Podcast. Remember to subscribe to keep up to date on new episode releases. You can like, comment, share and follow us on all social media platforms via searching at Mint is Culture. You can also buy our Mint Citywide Trinity poster campaigns featuring the likes of James Rodriguez, Rich Arlison, Big Dunk, Ancelotti, Andre Kinchelskis and Neville Southall at www.mintisculture.com forward slash shop. Music